McMillan's novels have always told the uncensored truth about friends, family, lovers, and oneself. She is Laugh Out Loud Generous in how we talk about love and all its wonders. Yes, indeed, Terry McMillan has been delighting us with stories just bursting with warmth, humor, and tell it like it is truth, with novels like Waiting to Exhale and How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Now, she's coming to the First Congregational Church in Oakland, 2501 Harrison, to present her new book, I Almost Forgot About You. I'm Sabrina Jacobs, and I'll be hosting this KPFA event, inviting you to join us on Thursday, June 23rd. Tickets are available through brownpapertickets.com or supportive bookstores like Marcus Books. This event is wheelchair accessible and has free parking available. For more information, go to kpfa.org. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.31. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards. Welcome to Cover to Cover, Open Book at Javelin's Bistro. It is good to be back with you, and today is Laugh Day. I have in the studio with me Sam Kolekor. May have not said that right, but he'll get it. He'll straighten me out in a little bit. But before we get into this wonderful interview, first of all, I want you to know that he is, though, to his knowledge... As a comedian, the only Jewish Indian comedian, not just in the Bay Area, but in the world. So this should be interesting. But before we get to talk with Sam, let me um, give you a couple heads up on events that you may be interested in. Um, Juneteenth is coming up. And that's known sometimes as Freedom for Day or Emancipation Day. And so the celebrations, there's two that I'd like to talk to you about. And we're actually going to be giving away tickets. One is free. It's the Rituals of Remembrance, and that's Saturday, June 18th from 11 to 1 p.m. at Lake Merritt Boathouse uh, Picnic, Area 562 Bellevue Avenue. So that's Ritual of Remembrance, and the celebration there is to go and remember the ancestors who did not make it um, out of slavery to see freedom. So this is in their honor. The second one is the seventh annual Fallen Heroes Rising Stars that's put on by Tanya Amos. Um, That's the Grown Women's Dance Collective. That's the seventh annual one. And this is where women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and on are dancing and taking that privilege, that honor to just shake, move. And it's a beautiful celebration. And what uh, Tanya does is to remember those heroes that have passed away this year and then to celebrate those rising stars. So it's a family event, and she's going to be giving away two tickets. So when I give out that number, make sure you call and you'll have tickets to that. And also Sam's going to give away four tickets to the comedy show. Welcome, Sam, to the show. Thank you, Javelin. How are you doing today? Doing good. So you, uh, the, the tickets that you're going to give away is for a show that you produce here in Oakland at Spice Monkey. Correct. It's uh, called Comedy Oakland. Mm-hmm. We do it uh, five shows every week, one on Thursday, two on Fridays, and two on Saturdays. And who's going to be headlining and sh- uh, showing up this week? So this weekend is actually interesting. On Friday, late night show at 9.30, we have a comedian by the name Ahmed Barucha. Okay. He's a half Muslim, half uh, Christian 
uh, mix and uh, from Los Angeles. He just recorded his Comedy Central half hour special. He's been on Conan and he's been on a whole bunch of things and uh, he's headlining the show on Friday night. So that's the one that I am looking forward to. Okay. And then uh, Saturday I am actually closing out the show myself, uh, okay. doing a slightly longer set myself. Okay, and at Spice Monkeys, you have two shows. Correct. And the first one is a competition. Yes, so on Friday and Saturday both. The first shows are, are competition-styled shows. It's a one-night competition thing. And the winner gets to automatically perform on the late-night show. And one of the reasons we started the competitive format was I was looking at comedians performing at my regular showcases. And when they have 10, 12, 15-minute spots... There are times when comedians tend to slack off. Like they'll do their best thing, then they'll slack off, goof around, and then come back to do something better. And that bothered me a lot. And I figured, how do I keep comedians on their toes all the time without giving them the opportunity to slack? And so putting a little competitiveness into it, you have to do your best material to move on. And once you move on, you still do your best material to keep moving on. Nobody likes to lose. And so as much as most comics hate competitions, because comedy is such a subjective art. Uh, I think it tightens up everybody's performance. And from the audience perspective, they have a fun time because one, they get to watch the best five minutes in every round and they get to choose who moves on to the next round. Right? <laughs> I've witnessed it. It is absolutely <laughs> intense. It is. It is. And I have done a few of those myself and it, it gets you in a different zone because you're very focused. You want to do your best and you want to move on. So it's an incredible experience. Uh, the the two shows are slightly different formats. On Saturday, we have eight comics, three rounds. We go from eight to four mm -hmm. to two and the winner. On Fridays, we start with five comics and we keep eliminating one at a time. So we go five, four, three, two until we get to a winner. It's intense. And so <laughs> I, I, there, now, I do stand up. But there's no way in the world I could do that competition. I just couldn't. There is no five minutes best. I would, just, I would collapse. <laughs> it's intense. It's beautiful. What, what inspired you to produce this? You, were, you had two clubs running, and now you're focusing at Spice Monkey. The food is great. Yes. The ambiance is great. Fantastic. It's usually a packed house every time. The audience is diverse. It's so rich. It's democracy. I mean, you're looking at the face of democracy when you walk in there, and you're getting your laugh on. It is incredible because... I have been running shows in Oakland for seven years now. I started on May 1st, 2009. Uh, so seven years running, we've created a bit of a following. Uh, I sort of handpick and book the comedians. So there's a little bit of bias towards ones that I think will fit well into my room. Mm -hmm. And the audiences have responded pretty well. And we did do two different locations. It caused a little bit of confusion for people mm -hmm. to know which show on which day was where. Now that we are in Spice Monkey all the time, every every show's there, I think it'll be much easier. And we're also making the show look better. If you look at our Facebook page, Comedy Oakland on Facebook, you'll see some of the new pictures that we have posted. We bought a brand new backdrop. It looks really sleek as the Oakland skyline. Mm -hmm. And we're changing the sound system to make it even better. So there's some tweaks we are putting into the room to make it even more conducive to comedy. And so, and on Monday, you're leaving for a two-week tour in India. Yes. Tell us about that. So, I was in India earlier this week as well. Uh, sorry, earlier this year, in February. Uh, there were three of us from here who went to India. We did a four-city tour. Uh, I ended up doing 12 shows. Mm. And uh, I'm back. 
and I've been doing stuff here and then I figured I should go back again. So my parents still live in India. So my primary goal for 2016 was to make at least three to four trips to India to spend some time with them. Uh, but then every time I plan, I start reaching out to comedians and clubs there to see if I can do shows. And I think I have a pretty good network there that even this time I have at least eight shows lined up in the 12 days that I'll actually spend in the country. Oh, so I'll beautiful. spend two days just flying. So you're listening to Sam Kolekar? Kolekar. Kolekar. Um, and this is Javan Javan's Bistro, 94.1 KPFA. The number that... Uh, we're going to give out for the free tickets, two t- two tickets for the uh, Grown Women Dance Collective that's given by Tanya every year, her seventh year of Fallen Heroes, Rising Stars. And then also Sam's giving away four tickets. It sounds like Friday night's a really great night to go. So I, am I right that they can use the tickets either or? Any show. Any show. So the number you're calling is 510-848-4425. And we'll take caller number five and caller number number what do you want Sam? the ten commandments ten <laughs> <laughs> so as you travel around doing comedy and as a man who's half jewish and indian and then you go to india and then you're here in oakland running the comedy clubs what is is there a different haha kind of uh, consciousness that you experience so this is how i would explain the response that we get uh, you know going to a comedy show in america and doing well and having audience appreciate your jokes is like going to an opera. You have a very sophisticated crowd mm-hmm. that's going to clap yeah. and maybe cheer a little bit. And then you go to India and those crowds go berserk, <laughs> right? They're whistling, they're clapping, they're stomping. It's a it's a carnival inside a club. It's amazing. The, the, the reactions are really loud. And comedy is relatively new to India stand-up comedy by itself is new to India there are other comedic forms which have been around for a long time and so it's also the 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 cool factor for people to come and watch a stand-up show and until now until stand-up really took over most comedy was very subtle and and you would have undertones and messages but you never spoke explicitly and stand-up comedy has given a new platform to a new generation of of comedians who are very outspoken uh india is supposedly very introvert but here you have people who are like in your face and and say what you mean and don't try to mince words and don't hold back so it's a very raw experience and it doesn't necessarily mean foul language it's just the fact that i'll say it as i see it and not try to soften the blow right so it's it's very interesting to see that and crowds are really really enjoying that and so when i go back it's an incredible experience. And to me, sometimes it's a little bit of a worry because I've lived here for so long. Like how am Americanist have I become that when I go back to my own homeland, uh, can I still relate and connect? But there's always nuisances everywhere. And then you talk about human suffering, which is everywhere. And so it, it works out pretty well. So, and then you're also doing a comedy, D, uh, Desi, DC? Desi Comedy Fest. Yeah, tell us about that. So that actually, <laughs> you know, initially when I started doing comedy, I wanted to do it mainstream and not corner myself into just doing comedy for Indian people. And so I was doing clubs and, and rooms everywhere. And I, I play for all, all types of audiences. Along the years, what I have also noticed is there is a niche market with South Asians where first of all they have a lot of money (laughs) and so they spend that on a lot of things 
uh, we figured why not take some of that money back into the community mm-hmm. in a different way. <laughs> That's funny. Right. And so we uh, decided to to launch something that was very South Asian centric. And the fact that Bollywood is the largest movie industry in the world, right? It eclipses Hollywood by like amazing margins. There's a huge diaspora of South Asians that we still haven't really brought out. Most of mainstream American comedy tends to turn people off because it gets too blue and too crass and pushes the line too far. Yeah. And there are some brilliant comedians. Like the 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 change happened where I realized like a lot of Indians. Every time I spoke to them about comedy, would mention names like John Stewart, right? John Oliver, Samantha B. Of late, and people like that. People like political, smart, intellectual stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we started pushing ourselves in that direction and came about with this idea of doing a South Asian comedy festival. Launched in 2014 with four shows across four cities and sold out all four. Last year we did eight shows in five cities and did really well. This year we are doing 11 shows across nine cities and we have 50 comedians on the entire festival. Comedians are coming in from India, from Pakistan, from Bangladesh, from Bangkok, New York, Chicago, London, LA, Seattle, Dallas, and San Francisco Bay Area. So it's going to be an amazing mix. We have Indians, Pakistani, Bangladeshi. We have Irani comics. We are also mixing it up a little bit. We have Korean comics. We have Caribbean comics. It's 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 a nice mix of cultures and and humor. So you're listening to Sam, and, uh, and we're going to actually get a, a listen to a clip of his comedy. Okay. And in the meantime, remember we have two tickets that we're giving away. F- okay, it looks like we don't have the file, so we won't have it. Uh, but we're giving two tickets away for the Falling Heroes. That's the dance company that's happening uh, on June. That's June 25th, actually, and it's at Impact Hub. And then we have Sam has given away four tickets for the comedy show coming up this weekend. That's either Friday or Saturday. They got that right. Or Thursday. Or any Thursday. of the five shows. ComedyOakland.com. You can see all the upcoming shows. Pick any one and show up. Right. So two tickets if you're interested in the dance that's happening June 25th. That's in celebration of Juneteenth Day, and that's dance. It's beautiful. When I say dance, that's very. Uh, it, it's more than that. It is an emotional experience, and it's it's poetry. It's it's theater. It's love, and so that celebration. And Sam again has just said any tickets any night uh, that's happening. Sam, how, what took you into the world of comedy? What happened? And I know you're a family man. You got babies, and you know you left yeah. your job. And what, what? Uh, and what did you say to your wife? Like, hey, I'm quitting my job to get my laugh on. Kind of, sorta. Like this happened recently. I quit my job six months ago, and uh, my wife actually also quit her day job. She was working as a hardware engineer in Intel. And she's doing her own startup in very, very, very early stages. Mm-hmm. So she What's doesn't have. Uh, it's a ethnic fashion app. Okay. It's called Ethnic Thread. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, butcher the whole uh, idea of the app. She explains it a lot better. Uh, I call it like Craigslist for Indian clothes, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot more than that. Uh, I'm sure she appreciates you adding that. <laughs> uh, okay. But but they've been working at the app. They've been building it well. They've launched it in India and in US, and 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 it's taken good momentum. And so she's working on that, but it's all self-funded at the point at the moment. 
And then uh, I've been doing comedy for about 10 years now. And I figured what's the best time to quit my day job. It's when you have two young kids. Um, exactly. Right. And, and your We're wife hungry. is not working either. <laughs> okay, we, we quit our jobs. Because a lot of my friends are actually worried. They keep asking me, like, how are you going to raise two kids in the Bay Area without a job? And I tell them, it's okay. I'll give both my kids a very thorough third world experience. <laughs> right. I don't want them to miss out on my childhood. So that's, <laughs> we'll take care of it that way. <laughs> oh my, that you know, and you're actually speaking to your dream. You're uh-huh. speaking to that and, and taking that leap that we talk about. What, what ten years ago? I mean, how did? What was it about comedy? What made you think that you could or wanted to? So it was a mix of two emotions. One was the cool factor. I had only seen stand up on TV before I came to the U.S. And then once I came here and I saw a couple of shows live. It was quite a moving experience. And then um, I also saw the the amazingly famous Russell Peters clip that made him what he is today. And that was the first big uh, uh, push that I got, seeing an Indian comedian performing and killing it on stage, right? And so I thought, okay, if he can do it, I'm sure I can do it too. And at the time, I thought it was just him and me, just two of us. Uh, and here we have 50 comedians on our fest now and people go like, what, there's 50? I'm like, no, that's the ones that we selected for the festival. There's way a lot more who, who we couldn't get on the fest this year. And so that gave me a push. And the, the other part was this freedom to speak your mind. That was amazing. Right? To me, it's very empowering and also very sort of my way of venting my frustrations with the world and trying to make sense of it. And so I, I I used to say this in Marathi, which is my native tongue, but it doesn't translate with the same punch in English. But the idea was, I used to, growing up, I used to always hear about how smart people are. And then as I grew up and I realized how smart they really are, I decided to talk about it. <laughs> so that actually is, is what drives me in my stand-up all the time now. That's your catalyst. It is. So you... Went into this thinking that you could speak your mind, you could talk about world events, and you're nurturing other comedians in their work, giving them uh, uh, time on stage and opportunities. Actually, one of your, I had left comedy and was doing solo performance, and I didn't want to go back into stand up because I didn't want to deal with the, uh, and I'm a stereotype to some degree, I didn't want to deal with the college age students coming out talking about their genitals on stage. <laughs> I, it was like it was annoying, and I just didn't want to, it just felt dirty. Uh, yes. And then when I got, you know, Steve Lee actually yeah. uh, connected us. Right. And I'm like, this is so sophisticated. And it's, that's what drove me to start the shows in Oakland. Yeah. So when I started doing stand-up for the first two or three years, I was doing what every comedian who's starting out is yeah. doing. So I'm out there in bars and rooms, and a lot of them are crappy rooms, and comedians just sort of think that getting on stage and, and shouting is going to get an audience and so it turned me off on a lot of in a lot of ways and at the time I figured there are one of two things I could do I could sit and complain or do something about it and I decided to do something about it so I decided to run my own show and right from the beginning my goal was to run a clean show and we didn't want to run a free show because I firmly believe you you get what you pay for and if it's free, that's what it's worth. Nothing, right? And 
and we also wanted to pick a room which was not conflicting with anything else so i i hate the bar environment uh, some comics get a drive out of oh i'm going to go there and prove myself and nobody's here to listen to me but if i can make them listen to me i want a battle mm. i'm like how lonely are you in your life <laughs> that you want to intrude other people's private moments to make them listen to you that to me is a very very epitome of being american you know it's like hey i'm american i'm going to come to you i'm going to give you what i think you like like here's our democracy take it you know what i mean like that's the kind of attitude that that some comedians go in with we're going to go to iraq we're going to free it we're going to give democracy maybe we don't need those we're just sitting and chilling all right just leave us alone <laughs> i just want to have a beer don't shout into my ears <laughs> go back to where you come from you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> and so You're listening to Sam <laughs> he runs the spice monkey you can come down here this weekend i don't know if the uh you all the tickets are gone already i'll check with the engineer in a little bit but um just in case there's five yes four tickets she's sick with me four tickets 510-848-4425 so and so what was the hardest part as you began this process of opening the cl- you had the two clubs and getting comedians what was uh, the challenging aspect of it for you the biggest one was like an hour before the show when you go in and start preparing getting the sound lights and everything ready sitting there and wondering if you are going to have a show today like how do you get people to come to your show and that was the hardest part it still is because there's so much work that needs to be put behind the stage uh that to me now being on stage telling jokes is the easy part of my life a lot of people think that's like the tough one and like nah that's actually easy for me it's all the the rigmarole i need to do in order to get the show to where it should be that takes more time and effort and it's not as much fun at the bottom of it all right so i would rather just go up and tell jokes every night of the week but uh creating my own sort of stage in in some way so i it's it's still better than what i used to do sitting in front of a computer building software for mm. idiots yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so not exactly idiots but i want to call them that right now because right. that's right. why i bailed out and ran right. <laughs> so what if now in terms of comedy and the comedians that you've experienced lots of them has come across your stage and yes. on there what are you seeing in terms of a comedy shift? You know, you definitely want clean comedy. What are you seeing, and particularly now in this sort of political weirdness that we're experiencing? Now, I don't know if I have the view of the entire world to comment on something like that, right? Because there's such a huge number of comics out there. They're each doing their own thing. And as much as I like to do clean comedy, I like to keep it more... uh smart and intellectual i also understand that not everybody can be that and if everybody is that then it's going to be repetitive and boring so it's also good to spice it up to use a pun that spice monkey, nice spice monkey. right but so mix it up and not everybody and i myself like i can't be serious all the time like i have silly jokes too because at the end of it all there are silly things that make me laugh as well and so we have a, a good mix of comics coming in some of them are absolutely absurd and silly and some of them are very thoughtful and intellectual and then the whole spectrum in between and i think that's the beauty of comedy is there are no defined rules about what is funny right it's it's very subjective and so there are comedians who i may not may not like personally like their jokes don't make me laugh and yet they keep appearing on on my shows 
because I believe everybody deserves the chance to speak their mind. Now, if you're going to come up there and, and be way too crude for the room, and if you're going to be uh, almost like punching down on people, whoever those people are, then you have no space in my shows, right? I want you to punch up, and I want you to improve yourself, and and in some ways make the world a little better than it was before you took stage. And if you can't do that, why are you wasting everyone's time? So I have become a little more adamant and 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 uh, short with patience with some of the comics mm-hmm. to like if I don't like them I don't like them and they have other stages I'm not saying stop doing comedy you have other stages which nurture that kind of comedy mm-hmm. but not my shows so if you I was talking to someone actually was at the Spice Monkey who wants to become a comedian yes and it's such a it's such a scary thing <laughs> it is that to stand up and to connect with people in the mm-hmm. immediate to create a relationship and so they would say, well, how, you know, that one of the questions was, was how do you start? And of course, the answer is golden open mic. But as you, we talked about earlier, open mics yeah, are very... Open mics are very brutal. You're very so brutal. The start is the hardest part. Because first of all, you do not have the confidence to be on stage telling jokes to people. The first couple of shows, you may feel overconfident because you've been making your friends laugh and you think that's how easy it is. Then you go up in front of strangers and realize, oops, it's a, it's a different world. Um... We do get requests from a lot of newbies. We generally ask them to send us a video as much as possible. I also understand that's not feasible for everybody. So we are also constantly evolving in the way we book shows. And what I've done in the past, and we're going to look to do that again, is every show open up one spot for new comics. We may have never seen them before. We take a bunt on them. And just throw them on stage with like the best of the best and see what they do. And they get a good feeling of what a real comedy show is like. So we're kind of getting into that model again. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, we also have, I think at Spice Monkey, they're starting a open mic on Mondays, uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So that's another good way of being at the venue at the open mic. Is that open mic in terms of any art form or a I think it's a comedy open mic. There are a couple of other, com- other comedians who are going to run the open mic. I wasn't a big fan of running open mics, so I stuck to the book showcases on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and the open mics happening on Monday. Uh, where's Spice Monkey? So the listening on it's on 17th and Webster. The official address is 1628 Webster Street in Oakland. And the show happens upstairs and downstairs. It's a lively room of food. It's a bar. Yeah, they got a bar. They got TV. Yeah. They have a restaurant. They have a fantastic staff that makes it so much more fun to be there every week. Mm-hmm. And a great menu as well. And now, you said you're making some changes yes. to the show. Yes. Have you ever thought about music intro with musicians? I mean, not musicians, but um, intro coming out there with the comedians? Have you thought about that at all? Uh uh, like you know, like when they like okay, um, late night when they have the music playing and you oh, come out, but yeah, not, yeah, of course you won't have a live band, but the comedians come out. Yes, 
intro uh, extra music yes, right so yes. we are actually that's where um, we're putting a new sound system in oh really and we're going to put the controls in the back of the room so we can do do all those cool things okay uh, we're also looking to do some more video and uh, audio recordings okay because a lot of comics like i mentioned struggle with getting a good video that they can send that's to other true. places yeah. so we then become the de facto place where if you come and perform on our stage we'll at least get you a good video that will then get you on more stages you are so mindful <laughs> you really are I mean, you're very you're thoughtful about this not just for yourself but for other comedians yeah i think everybody exploits everybody all the time and i do that myself uh, so maybe it's time to give a little more back yeah the only other person i know that was that works like you that has that temple it was grace white and i used to work with her oh i remember her yes yeah, she passed away a now few I was years with ago women who kick comedy but i toured yes. with her and after she left i left comedy i went oh. to europe for a while and did my solo work came back here doing solo work and that was it so uh sam thank you for being a part of this oh, half hour my pleasure. Thank i know you. it's over with already <laughs> so so tickets get out there if you didn't get a ticket come down to see the show i'm going to come down friday night fantastic and hang yeah. out yeah and you can also find everything about us on comedyoakland.com we are on facebook twitter instagram uh find us everywhere yelp yes google you'll yeah. find us You can listen to Cover Cover. I'm Javelin, Javelin's Bistro, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Negin Farsad is the young female Iranian-American comedian who wrote and starred in the hit documentary The Muslims Are Coming. Now she has written How to Make White People Laugh, a candid, incisive, humorous stand and a stand-up against racism and a stereotyping. Negin Farsad will perform How to Make White People Laugh at a KPFA benefit Thursday evening, June 16th at 7.30 p.m. at Oakland's First Congregational Church, 2501 Harrison Street. There is free parking and wheelchair access. This is Malihira Zazan, co-host of Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, inviting you to join Negin and me. Tickets are available online at brownpapertickets.com and at our supportive bookstores for Negin Farsad on June 16th.